money, baby, 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 money, if you have any burning questions about finances, banking, money, we want to hear from you. So shoot me an email, Clement, C-L-E-M dot O-G-U-N-Y-E-M-I at 4QFinancial.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Dr. D-R-C-L-E-M-E-N-T-O or on Facebook at Clement Oganyemi. Shoot me those questions, fill up my inbox. I want to hear from you. I want your questions so I can come and answer them on the air. And we can talk through this financial thing. Any troubles that you might be having, anything that you want clarification on, ask it. And we'll answer it on the air. So today, we're going to talk about being proactive with your money, having proactive money, and staying on top of this thing we call money. So people ask me all the time, should I acquire debt? And before I can even answer, they say, wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Don't cut me off. I'm going to use it to pursue my dreams. One of those dreams usually is buying a house, and a lot of them try to justify it by saying, hey, we get a tax benefit. We get a tax break for it. I assure you the tax break is not as high as the mortgage payments that you're going to have. One of the things that one of, one of the guys I like to listen to, Chris Hogan, one of the things he said in one of his podcasts was, the best way to have money with you is to not have it leave you. And that's in the form of things that aren't really giving you the greatest return. Letting that money go out to a mortgage that's not giving you the greatest return that you might need on that money. So a lot of us are willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to a mortgage just for a small tax break on that. So the mortgage money is not leaving you once you figure out how to pay that off. It's no longer leaving you. And I'll reiterate, the best way to have money with you is to not have it leave you. So for those that think, hey, I want to take that tax break, here's a better option. Since you're, you know, you just insist on taking a tax break, why don't you, hey, pay off the mortgage first and then go and donate money. Find a charity that's meaningful to you. Find a charity that you enjoy, something, some type of cause. There's, there's causes for literally everything. Find something that you're passionate about. Go donate to them. Donate to them. It's, it's, it's a tax break just like your mortgage. And it's making you feel good at the same time. And it's not you're not paying a penalty for borrowing money from somebody. I know a lot of you are going to hit me up and say, but but Dr. O, I don't want to give for the sake of a tax break. Um, hello, you're giving to the banks. You're giving them all your money in, in that interest for the sake of a tax break. Same thing. At least in this case, you get to choose what charitable cause you want to give it to and you feel good about yourself because you're giving willingly, not because, hey, this, this piece of paper says I have to. You're giving willingly at this point. So yeah, it's giving money, but it's also taking that tax break that a lot of you are using as an excuse to keep carrying that debt. So let me ask you guys this. Has any one of you ever, or have you ever even talked to somebody, if you're not out of debt, have you ever heard of anybody say, man, dang it. I regret being out of debt. This is boring. This is whack. I hate it. I don't want to do it anymore. Why, why did I ever even do this? Anybody? Anybody? If you, if you have, you can you can DM me now and tell me about this because I want to hear it. And I want to hear what this person is thinking and what they're doing with their life now. So the next time any of your super smart, super sophisticated friends tell you, oh, keep your mortgage and pay it off um, later on because you're taking advantage of the tax man, just, just shush them. Just, you know, be like, ah, I ain't trying to hear that. You know, be, just be quiet. Just tell them, leave you alone. 
because you know, you know personally that debt freedom is a, a great thing. You know that it's a great feeling. You know that you've got this. You know it's all in, you have it in you. Do it. And you don't have to listen to the peanut gallery because nine times out of ten, as they always say, misery loves company. So they want you miserable as, as they are. Most of the time, if somebody's debt free, if somebody's living that financially free life, they want you to live their life too. They're not going to tell you, nah, fam, stay in debt. They're going to tell you, nah, come join me on, on the other side. Come join me in this freedom. So here's the secret. Lean in closely. I want you all to listen. You, you ready? You ready for this secret? It's, it's, it's a huge secret, man. Stop acquiring new debt if you want to get out of debt. It's literally that simple. If you want to see yourself debt free, stop getting new debt. Stop going to the freaking store and saying, oh, they offered me a pizza for this new credit card. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so you gonna you get that $5 pizza you can go buy on your own. You have to open up a credit card and now you have that new temptation. Stop acquiring new debt saying that you want to be debt free. Get out of it and, and leave it alone. So we're always quick to say we want to raise at work. Most of y'all listening probably will sit here right now and say, hey, yeah, I could use a raise at work. I, I would love to have a raise at work and have some new money. Most of you, I, most people I know do. So why is it that we're not having that same enthusiasm at home? Why are we not thinking of it this way? Hey, the more debt I pay off, the fewer monthly payments I have. The fewer monthly payments I have, the more money I have to spend elsewhere. Is that not the same as having a raise? Is that not the equivalent to getting a raise? Yes, it is. So I'll repeat that for you. The more debt you pay off, the fewer monthly payments you have, the more money you have to spend elsewhere. My mind's blown because a lot of us think of it as, oh, I just need that $2 raise that, guess what? Tax is going to eat that up. So you won't even see that, you know, but when you're taking the necessary steps, you don't even need a raise. And if you get one, my gosh, you're really on your way then because now you've, you're laying the groundwork. You're understanding, hey, I don't have that payment anymore. Now I got a raise at home and a raise at work. Oh, bet. I'm good now. I'm about to live my best life because now I freed up some money. I got some more money at work because now I'm happier. I can go to work and put my best foot forward and not have to worry about, man, dang, man, if I, if I don't do what I need to do at work, I still got this mortgage payment. I got the car payment and you're, you're depressed at work and you're not giving them your best. Now you're happy so you can give them what you need to give them. So think about it this way. You work so hard to prove yourself at work and worthy of that raise. Do the same thing at home. Work hard to get that raise at home and get rid of that debt and have extra money left over for you to be able to spend. It's literally the same thing when you think about it that way. So going forward, everything related to your finances, make it all business, no emotion. I've said this in previous podcasts and it, because it's important. Anytime we're looking at finances, make it business, not emotion. We're right now, we're, we're in the holiday season and we're likely to buy a lot of things we cannot afford and do not need. Let's just be real with ourselves. We, we're we're going to do it. We're all going to get caught caught up in that. The kids say, hey, I want a new bed. I need a new toy. And, you know, nothing's wrong with the bed they were sleeping in. Nothing's wrong with the toys they were playing with. But they know, hey, it's Christmas time. It's time for y'all to go spend some money and get into some debt for us. Okay? So I read a quote today on Instagram. It was, it was by Jim Carrey. He said, no holiday should manipulate you to the point where you're going into debt just to show somebody you love them. If my family doesn't know that I love them without me going into debt, then they don't love me because they're going to have me in debt, you know, beating myself over the back, trying to get out of debt 
just to make them think that I love them. If, if that's the way I got to show them I love them, then I, I, I'm failing as a parent. I'm failing as a man of the house because I'm not teaching them what real love means if they think that I got to go into debt for that. So don't get caught up in the emotions and motions of shopping during the holidays. And yes, I say emotions and motions because a lot of us are going there like, oh man, Black Friday is here. I got to shop. And you're like, well, you got six TVs because you go to Black Friday every year what's happening to these TVs? They got a three-year warranty, so what's what's going on with your TVs that you've been buying every year? Do you really need them, or are you just going through the motions? Or or, or you're getting emotionally driven because your best friend just got an 80-inch TV. You're like, well, shoot, my 70 suddenly isn't big enough anymore, and when they come watch the game, I want them to watch it on a 90-inch TV. So not only are we getting caught up in emotions, but we're also going through the motions of just shopping because, hey, we... We worked all year. It's Black Friday. We got to buy this stuff for Christmas because that's part of what we were trained to do. Another thing when we're looking at at, at shopping and, and making these emotional decisions, a sale, and boy, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. A sale does not mean that you need it. It's literally that simple. Everybody always saying, well, I know we don't need it, but it's such a good deal. Trust me, I've heard a lot of people say it, including in my household. I know we don't need it, but it's a good deal. Not trying to hear it. Or it's not in our budget, but it's 30% off. Oh my gosh, we have to have it 30% off. So what? I assure you that sale will come back around eventually. And here's another thing. If it's not in your budget, leave the thing on the shelf. Leave it there. If it's not in your budget, you don't need it. So have a game plan. And let me tell you another little secret. I like telling secrets on this podcast. Christmas is at the same time every year. I don't know how many of y'all knew that, but it's literally the same time every year. I'm 32. It's been the same same day for 32 years that I've known. And even before that, everybody knew it was December 25th for as long as most of us can remember. So you got 11 months to plan for. Why are we emotionally shopping? Why not plan January through November? Hey, let's budget 12 months or 11 months. Excuse me. Let's budget for these 11 months and we can buy it and, and not have to trip about it. Well, dang, I just spent $1,000 on this TV and uh, we still got to buy groceries this week or rent or the mortgage is due. And I just went to Black Friday at the end of the month and just bought this stuff that I did not plan for. Now I'm in a hole. Now I'm putting my family in a bind. And that's that's an even bigger issue. So this way, the decision is all business and not one of emotion. You're taking emotion completely out of it when you're planning 11 months there's no emotion because then it becomes a process. You're just saying, okay, there's 52 weeks in a year. That's 26 page periods if you're getting paid bi-weekly. So if I know that, 20, I'm going to divide whatever I got to pay by 26. And I'm going to take out a little bit of every paycheck. So now by the time I get to December or November to buy this TV or whatever I need to buy, easy decision. It's not putting me in a bind because I'm like, oh, shoot. I forgot I had saved this money. It just became so automatic. I saved it up and now I'm ready to go and purchase what I need to purchase, making it a business, not an emotional decision. So let's think about it this way. Let's put some numbers to it. Let's just say uh, I, I want a thousand dollar TV, that new 72 inch TV. I think they're way more than that now. I don't know. But let's say I want a thousand dollar TV and I'm looking at it in January. I know, hey, that TV is a thousand dollars. They probably come out with a new one before the end of the year, but that's what I'm willing to spend on the TV. So I start budgeting for it and I, I save up my money. Black Friday rolls around this thousand dollar TV. I got a thousand dollars sitting around. 
This $1,000 TV is now $600. Hmm. That looks like I got $400 to put back in my pocket. And why is that? It's a business decision. I was smart about it. I budgeted for it. And now it's not, oh, I just got to spend $600. Let me find $600 to spend. No, I saved 1000 for the TV. It went on sale. So I only got it for 600 Now I can use that 400 to, I don't know, take a trip. Maybe put back into my savings account. Maybe invest. But now it's a business decision as opposed to me going and emotionally just going through the emotions and motions of shopping for Black Friday or shopping for the holidays because I prepared for it. So Dave Ramsey always, I always hear him say this, make, say this quote, it's when you control your money, you tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. In our example, $1,000, I knew where that $1,000 was. I might've put it in a little money market or savings account and just let it sit there for 11 months. And Black Friday, I pull out only $600. Now I know where my money went instead of, or I know where my money's going and not wonder where it has gone. It's left me because now I know it's still here. I know where I'm going to allocate that money. So when we're thinking about being proactive, we want to look at retirement as well because we want to start planning today. You know, um, you don't want to plan for retirement when you're 60. Most of us retirement age is 65, but from today forward, we're going to look at this differently. We're not going to look at retirement as an age. We're going to look at retirement as a financial goal, and we're going to set a number. We're going to figure out what we need to retire comfortably, and we're going to figure out that number. We're going to set that goal because we might get to that number, that financial number, before the, the quote-unquote retirement age because most is 65 and above. We might get there at 45, and then what? You know, but if we set our minds up to, hey, I'm going to retire at 65, we might take a little bit longer and say, oh, I got time to get to my goal as opposed to, hey, this is my financial goal. How quickly can I get to it? And you run with, as Dave says, gazelle intensity and you run towards that with everything you have. So how do we think about or how do we view that number? You know, being that retirement number, that financial goal is having enough assets or money or things that bring money into your pocket, having enough assets to help you live the life that you want to live. So whether that's investment properties, whether it's a giant savings account, whether it's a trust fund, an investment account, stocks, bonds, whatever it is, having enough of that where you can live comfortably and don't have to ever go back to work again. That's what living comfortably is all about. That's what having a retirement goal or a financial number is all about as opposed to saying, hey, I'm gonna retire at 80 or 65 or 40. Because when you do it the other way, you can then say, okay, well, I can get to this goal. If I, if I stick to this by year five, this is where I'll be by year 10, and I can retire at 35. You just never know until you actually put a number to it and understand where you want to be and how you're going to get there. So start thinking about that today. Shift your thinking from the age you want to retire and start focusing more on that financial number that you need and want to get to to live comfortably. Have a plan. That's the biggest thing when we talk about finances. Have a plan. You know, and a lot of people might think, well, I'll never get there or I don't make enough money. Have a plan. Like, there are people that started out working minimum wage that had a plan and they got there. They got to whatever that goal was. They retired early because they stuck with it. And they didn't say, well, I'll never get there. They, they had a plan and they got to it. So understand exactly what is going on with your money. You don't need to be an expert. There are enough experts out there that you don't need to worry yourself with being an expert. Just understand. 
because the last thing you want is that you're saving your money up and somebody hit you with a Ponzi scheme or or been telling you, hey, we're investing your money in, you know, some exotic investment overseas somewhere and you never see your money again. So at least know, have a general idea of what's going on so that you don't get taken advantage of and so that you can properly plan for your retirement goal and not your retirement age. So you have options. There's literally no excuse going forward. After today, there's no excuse because the options are there. The information is there. You just have to go and get it and make sure that you understand and you are in control of your money and understand that the help is out there. I appreciate y'all listening today. That's all for this episode of The Finance Doctor, only on the Too Smart Network. And again, if you have any burning questions, I definitely want to hear from you. Shoot me an email getting my DMs, blow it up because we want to talk about this finance thing. We want to make sure that everybody has the, the same information so that we can make those decisions and that we can go onward and upward. Thank you.